And we're back, Stripe Show podcast uh, on a Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you uh, had a nice Halloween, some candy for the kids. Lucas Herbert wins in Bermuda. That's right. There was a PGA Tour event out there. Patrick Reed made a run, just finished one shot back. Mayakoba's next, a few others, and then we uh, wrap up some tournament golf, a little offseason, which will be nice uh, for these players. But unfortunately, the play on the golf course, probably not the the biggest topic right now. Uh, There's this new league that's starting to get some rumblings. And uh, so I had to go to my main guy here with Golf Digest, Daniel Rappaport. How you doing, buddy? All good. How are you? Well, uh, there's a premier league. There's a super golf league. It's hard to keep all this together, you know, all these different leagues that are popping up. And now uh, this announcement uh, from this new investment group called LIV Golf Investments, which is basically the Saudi Arabia group. They've put this together. They've hired a CEO. And that CEO is uh, a gentleman by the name of Greg Norman. So this thing's getting some legs. It's getting a face now. We know it has the money. There's 200 million, supposedly, over 10 years that is going to be injected into the Asian tour. And that's going to be the landscape, as I understand it, of this LIV Golf Investment Group that Greg Norman is going to run. Is that how you see it, bud? Yeah, I mean, I think this is like a, a bridge. I think that's kind of how I'm conceptualizing it, whereas I don't think this is like their end product. I don't, I don't think their goal is to have 10 events on the Asian Tour that have these big purses and hopefully get big-name players. Their goal is to have, I think, kind of like a separate self-contained entity, with it, which is this new tour, which... I think it's funny when we first heard about it, it was the premier golf league, but now Mm -hmm. we're being told that's different. That's a a group out of London, you know, hard to imagine one competing tour and there's two, but anyways, name aside, (laughs) whatever we want to call this one. um, It's amazing how persistent they've been because this has been, we've been hearing about a competing tour for a long time, but this one's kind of had momentum for the past two years. And right after news dropped, I think it was last January, I remember all the guys were being asked about it in Mexico in February. Rory was like, I'm not interested. Brooks was like, I'm not interested. Justin Thomas was like, I'm not interested. Jay Monahan was like, it's either us or them. And then we thought it was, it was gone. And it just keeps, keeps staying around, keeps coming back. And now they've, you know, they've progressed to a stage where it's actually a real thing. It's not, it's not the thing that they want it to look like eventually, but it's a real thing. And so you can imagine it was a very stressful uh, week in uh, at PJ Tour headquarters or by where you live. Yeah, they want to. Uh, they want this thing to go away, but it, it's not going to go away. Um, you know, one of the quotes. There's two things here that are in my head. One is they clearly needed to get a name, a face to this enterprise, right? Like, it's like, what the hell is this? Who is it? We know it's Saudi Arabia money. We know what comes with that, right? And the Saudi Arabian government and the human rights and things that are happening over there. Okay. So pops up Greg Norman, right? They had to get a face. I'm sure that was difficult to do. I can't imagine how many calls went unanswered, but they get Greg Norman. He's the face. He's got a brand. Um, He's got a bone to pick. I think probably with the PGA tour, you go back to um, what was it? The mid nineties. He tried to do something similar with this and Fincham and, Arnold Palmer and others, they kind of put their foot down and that went away. So he's been, this has been in his head for a long time, starting another tour. Cause his old beef was, why do I got to play the minimum amount of tournaments 
on the PGA tour? Why can't I just play, keep my card and travel the world, make more money, appearance fees, et cetera, et cetera. That was always the club. Why, why do I have to play so many events on the PGA tour? And I'm sure there's others. And it's a very personal matter for him, but he is the face. And one of the quotes that came about is that's interesting here is holistically quote, holistically, they want to improve the health of professional golf. I mean, what does that mean? Like what, what is the, um, what's unhealthy right now in professional golf? Well, I think that's the biggest question here and kind of the thing that I fail to think will resonate because I, I don't think people are really asking for this. Right. You know, it's like, this seems like an entity wants to do them. I mean, it's clear they want to do this. They're putting yeah. their money where their mouth is and they're not going away despite a you know, ton of negative press and a ton of, um, they're going against a behemoth in the PGA Tour and they're not going away. So they clearly want to do this. But are fans really saying, you know, I just wish that uh, the, the big players uh, were on, you know, I don't know if it's a team, whatever it is, uh, that would they play to this new tournament. And, you know, I don't think that the PGA Tour is doing it. It just doesn't feel like it's an organic want from fans right is, is professional golf unhealthy right now um i don't think so i mean it's probably a little bit too top heavy if anything and i don't think this is going to help with that um so yeah i, I don't know what they're what they're referring to there i mean i guess what he would say is the stars are not happy because they feel like they're not fairly compensated you know in other sports these guys they, they sign massive deals and it's guaranteed money and no matter how they play, to a certain extent, they're going to get that money. You know, if James Harden has a bad game, his game check doesn't change. And they're compensated, one, because, yes, they're great players, and two, because they bring a lot of eyeballs to the sport. They, they bring the attention. We watch because of the stars, even if the stars don't play their best that day. Right. And I guess Norman feels like PGA Tour players aren't getting their fair share of money from the PGA Tour for the eyeballs and for the attention that they bring in. So when he says the health of the of the tour. I would guess that's what he means. But and I guess the other thing he would say is that the star players don't play enough, I guess, and that this would require them to play. You're going to have 18 events or however many events is their eventual vision. And that's another thing we just don't know. But you know, at least when it was initially reported, it was like all the best players are going to play in all of these events. Yeah. And so it would sort of, you know, when we have that feel of like, a you know, the majors or the players week or and it feels like all the big players are playing and it's fun to watch, you know, to kind of have that more than just six or seven times a year. But yeah, I think, I think you're out, you're, you hit the nail on the head. Like it doesn't feel like this is something that is like a genuine want from fans. Yeah. I don't think the fans are saying, you know what? I think we need a different league that's backed by Saudi money and let, you know what, let's play it in Asia. That's so what, we, that's what I'm saying. It's also the, the initial report is like, we're not doing these in the U S and like, right. You know, I just, at least over here, it doesn't feel right. Like that's a huge, people are clamoring for that. Right. Yeah. You said a lot of interesting things there. Um, and, you know, I go back to, <clears throat> I go back to like the, and I think there's, there's, there's some, there's some validity, validity to the top players missing the cut and then not making any money. Right. Like you were saying, the analogy to James Harden, he still gets paid. And that's the only, that's the unique thing about golf that, you know, they tee it up Thursday, Friday, you make the cut, you get paid depending on how high you finish, you don't make the cut, you don't get paid. Now, you know, there's sponsorship money and all that with vendors and whatnot. So they're saying, look, okay, I'm a big name player and I'm not going to check that week. Now the tour has taken some steps, at least it appears so on the outside kind of towards 
massaging that a little bit. I think that like the world golf championships and getting the top players together, no cut guaranteed money is part of that. The pip of course um, is certainly going to be a, is a, is a big part of that. Yeah. They're throwing money towards the big name players. Uh, although, you know, there's a lot of big name players that they're like, look, I don't, I'm probably not going to get much of that because I'm not a big social media guy. I'm not going out there and rewarding people for calling people Brooksy. And you know, like, like they're just like, that's just not their personality. And I, and I even think like the FedEx cup's got to be part of that too, right? Like there's more money in the end for the best players and those kinds of things. So there's a lot of things that are happening. They're taking steps towards, but here we are at this point. And Norman's kind of continuing to drive that home. Now I go to this, Daniel, how much clout does Norman have? Because there's going to have to be some recruiting here. Like there's going to have to be some conversations going in. Hey bud, why don't you come over here and check this out? Right. I got to persuade you to come this way. How much clout does Norman have? It's a good question because number one, you know, he's, what is he? 60, 66, I think. He's 66. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like he played on tour with any of the guys that he's recruiting apart from Phil. Um, and when he was playing, you know, it wasn't like he was Mr. Congeniality. He was famous or infamous for, you know, being kind of a, a loner, you know, a very driven guy who kind of did things his own way. He wasn't the guy hanging around the locker room and, you know, playing friendly games with other pros. So I think you hit it, you know, you're, you're spot on in the beginning. You said they, they needed a face and like, we're very inside golf. So when, when you say Greg Norman to us, we think of, you know, maybe we think of like the chokes and maybe we think of, you know, the world golf tour kind of one of the greatest drivers to ever play the game. We think of these things as like, you know, we know the specifics, yeah. but for the average fan or, or like casual sports fan, they hear Greg Norman. They're like, oh, I, know, I know who that is. Sure. Like I know who Greg Norman is. And I think that's what, that's important. That's what they were looking for. Um, but one more thing, you know, I wanted to, to talk, talk about with, with the WGCs and the FedEx cup, mm-hmm. you know, these fans kind of see through these money grabs you know like i think the world golf championships they're down to one event this year like i I, i'm not sure i would call that project like a smashing success Mm -hmm. you know i had a good run there i suppose and with tiger winning all of them definitely helped but i don't think that when you when you just bring all the top players together and 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 fans know that they're all getting a, a ton of money it just doesn't doesn't really have any juice right like that that whole meritocracy like that's part of the reason why we love the game because everyone starts in the same position every week is a new entity you know there's there's no reward for being a big name like we like the fact that you have to go out there and earn your stripes and you know i think we've seen like you said the pga tour take steps to to where they basically are not handing out money to make it a lot easier for guys to make a ton of money and i just don't know that it like resonates with golf fans I don't think you can. And then we saw that with the super league in soccer, you, know, you try and jam something through the fans throats and soccer's different because it's so hyper local. And then people's connections with these teams is, is a lot deeper than any of our connections with golfers. But when you try and just throw a bunch of money at something and jam it down people's throats, sometimes they react and they say, don't, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, if getting all the big players together and paying them millions and millions of dollars, I just don't know if it's going to have that sort of, I don't know how compelling it would be. Yeah, no, I think it's, I, I totally agree. Compelling. There's no history. Um, I mean, like it or not, I mean, golf is, 
in some ways like baseball, right? Like the history is, is a bigger part of it. Um, like telling those stories, um, keeping the legacy of players names going with the Arnold Palmer invitational, Jack Nicholas has done a great job with his tournament. You know, these guys that meant so much to the game, getting their own tournament. We see it with tiger. Um, you know, so it's, it's, you're not going to get that, you know, you're going to go over there and it's a money grab and, and let's say they do get, let, let's just play a hypothetical for a minute, Daniel. Let's say they get a top 10 player. All right. And we're not going to put names to this, but let's just say they get a top 10 player and they clip off five or six in the top 50. And then they got to go, okay, now we got to get some other guys. Let's go to the corn Ferry tour. Let's go over here to the European tour. Let's, let's include a couple Asian tour play. Right. And they, you know, off they go with the field. Right. And there's all this money. I mean, how are we going to watch it? Like who's going to cover this? I mean, you start looking at the networks. I mean, ESPN is fully invested with the PGA tour and the streaming and all that. I mean, they're ABC and ESPN. And then you got NBC and golf channel. NBC is fully invested into the players championship and like, you know, CBS, CBS is, you know, a staple in the right. United that's, States. That's the thing is it's not, you're not just going against, the PG, you're going against an entire ecosystem that has developed over 50 or 60 years to where right. it is now. It's not just like a straight swap. I mean, it's going to require just an insane amount of, of planning and of, of logistical work. I mean, it's, I'm trying to think of like a comparison for like a totally new league that has overtaken the previous leader since I've been alive, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's happened. No. And we've seen, you know, what's happened with the NFL again, not entirely apples to apples because of just how much the NFL dominates a full day yeah. on the calendar, but we saw the XFL and the AAFL and obviously not as deep pocketed, but it's just really hard. There's inertia in fans' minds when they, when something's established as like the PGA tour is the pinnacle <clears> of golf. <throat> it is very, very difficult to overtake that. Wrestling. <laughs> I, I, I guess wrestling, but again, but wrestling's yeah. it's, it's entertainment, you know, it's, it's yeah, right. different. And, yeah. and I don't, I, you know, I'm not a wrestling guy, so I wouldn't know, but I'm yeah. not either, but I, you know, there's a, I'm, I'm the, the, uh, company I'm, I'm drawing a blank here of the group here in Jacksonville. Um, Shotgun's son runs it and they've done successful. I don't, you know, they're not, I don't think the top shelf, but they've been able to go in and capture some market, but yeah, it's an entertainment piece. It's fake. People, obviously want to watch more of that, but they can watch it. It's in front of them. It's in the United States. How in the hell are you going to watch this? Right. That's going to be over there. I don't know. It's just like, you know, you're going to quote holistically well, improve the health of professional golf. Really, just, do they really care? I, they don't they care about that. This is a personal they endeavor, can lose money right? That's the huh? thing. They can, they can lose money on this. Like yeah. $200 million might sound like a lot and it it is objectively a lot of money but for you know an investment fund that has a reported like i think it's 500 billion dollars in assets yeah i mean 200 million dollars is a is a drop in the bucket so if they eat a loss of like 50 million dollars for them it's not about making money it's just not it's about i mean if you listen to norman it's about improving the health of the game but it's really about improving the reputation Saudi Arabia. I mean, that's, that's the core goal right. here. Right. And that's, that's not, that's not conjecture. That's, you know, what they have said about this right. public investment fund and this sports initiative. And they've done in other sports, bringing in tennis, um, 
they're doing it in women's golf big time. And I, and those women, I mean, they're paying them so much more money than they can make on the LPGA tour. It's not even a competition there. Right. You can't ask those women to, to, to sacrifice making, you know, whatever it is more than they're going to make on the LPGA tour by playing these events. You can't say, don't do that because yeah, but yeah, it's not about profit for them. So when you say, how are we going to watch it? It's like, I'm not really sure that even really matters that much, mm-hmm. you know, like for them, it's like, if we have to eat this loss here for like this larger PR play that we're making, it's not going to uh, keep them up at night losing, you know, no. 10, 20, $50 million. Yeah. Do you feel like you are constantly overshooting greens or coming up short because you choose the wrong club? Well, if that's the case today is your lucky day, because I'm proud to announce my brand new partnership with the boys over at pinned golf. Their brand new ACE rangefinder is amazing, and it's only $199. I've been using it for a couple of weeks now, and I was blown away with the quality. It has a slope technology, pin-locked vibration technology, so you know exactly when you are locked onto your target tour lever accuracy. And best of all, it is powered by a USB charge, so you can forget about those little batteries every other rangefinder makes you buy. One 45-minute charge lasts you 50 plus rounds. I love it. Our friends over at Pin Golf are hooking up all of our listeners with $25 off and free shipping when you use code Stripe Show. That's code Stripe Show. I'm telling you, for $175, you simply cannot beat the Ace Rangefinder. Head out over to pingolf.com and get yourself the Ace and get dialed in. Yeah, we know what their motive is, right? <clears throat> and over in Saudi, Saudi to improve the image, right, of what they're what they're trying to do. Like that's certainly, I think, pretty apparent. And I think for Greg Norman coming in, it's it's more of a personal endeavor, right, for him. And there's, I guess, a bone to pick to some degree with PGA Tour, and he's going to try to rally others that might be a little upset. And you know, Mickelson certainly has been out there, kind of chirping a little bit at the PGA Flirting. Tour. Flirting. Yeah. Yeah. And trust me, there's been a conversation between him and Jay Monahan after a couple of his tweets, I would imagine. So, you know, <clears throat> Jay's got, they got to do something, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Jay's got to do something. I mean, they're going to say, look, and they already have, you go, you go playing this and you're not going to play on the PGA tour. I think he could just be like, look, all right, go do it. Let it run its course. And they'll get a few guys go over there and it's like, it's going to fizzle out. I mean, your heart, your audience, hardcore audience is all right. Tune in here and there. Um, you know, try to, is this going to attract a new golfer into it? This over there, like who's going to watch this thing? There's going to be a few, I think the thing fizzles out, but he's got to do something. I mean, he's, they're going to take it. They're going to take a hard stance like they did back in the mid nineties. And they're going to say, look, you go play it's either us or it's them. Right. And that's where it's going to get really messy. I would imagine. And this is where it's going to, a bunch of lawyers are going to be in a room. I mean, and I, I have no of, idea what's going to happen from there. I can think of, uh, you know, a Supreme Court, Dustin Johnson, you know, pick him just first hand yeah. that keep in mind, Dustin Johnson yeah. versus the United States of America. Like that, that could happen or versus yeah. PGA tour. I mean, we could see definitely a court case where a player decides he wants to do this. The PGA tour says you can't do it. And he sues them for anti competent, you know, whatever it would fall under. I'm not, kind of pretend to be a lawyer, but you can't just, I mean, maybe you can, but if you tell someone that you can't participate in this because you're participating in that, like that, that's a whole yeah. separate conversation about workplace rights. And it's right. 
it's very, very messy. And that's, yep. that could be how this, how this thing ends, you know? And <laughs> I, I think, I don't think this is going to overtake the PGA tour. I mean, I don't know, obviously, but I don't, I don't think so. I think what's probably going to happen is it's going to push the tour to make a number of changes that uh, reward their star players more mm-hmm. and probably is a little bit less. Um, the tour is, it, it's, it's really good for like the rank and file members right now. Like they can, the, these guys who are not, the Jason Kokrak's of the world, you know, they're not, not that many people are tuning in to watch Jason Kokrak, if we're being honest. But the man made one, two tournaments last year. Um, I don't know where he finished in the FedEx Cup, and he made the tour. You know, he probably made like $5 million last year. Um, and he gets his, you know, good pension, and now he's past champion. So he's going to have some sort of status for a really long time. And, you know, they always say like the hardest part of, of playing on the PJ Tour is getting on the PJ Tour. Once you're established and once you're there for these rank and file members, it's, it's really good for them. And it's because they kind of had a really good negotiating process when they were writing the rules of the tour. And I think we might see some changes where it's, it's more, it really does reward the stars and prioritize their uh, contentment or happiness yeah. more than the rank and file players. Because those are the guys you need to keep happy because every tour is, re- is reliant on star power. Yeah. And I think that'll strengthen the tour, you know, I think in the end, right? Like you need your stars. You, you really do. And, you know, I made the comment a couple weeks ago. You know, I feel like Tiger's been not playing this year, of course. And I don't, I want to say I forgot about Tiger. But for the first time, like, I was like, yeah, we're fine. Like, you know, there's a lot of really cool stars here. And I think it all came together with the USA really dominating Europe. Like, we have a nice group of young players. You can see it. You can feel it. They're winning major championships. So yeah, I think we have to rally around these stars and they got to take care of those stars because PGA tour, I don't want to say it was carried by Tiger Woods, but he certainly elevated it. <laughs> you know, I mean, he certainly elevated in the purses and whatnot. So, you know, your stars certainly matter. It's a star driven league. I think in many ways, it's kind of like the NBA. I mean, it's a star driven league NFL, maybe not so much. Um, you know, you've got your teams and your alliances and those types of things. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. All right. So you're interviewing someone. Can we mention that or no? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to interview Greg Norman in a bit here and write something about it. So I'm going to ask some of these questions that we have. Um, I'm not entirely sure exactly what he's going to say, but you know, I think we all have the release yesterday led to a lot of questions that we don't have yeah. really answers to. I don't. And the other thing is like, I just don't think they have answers quite yet. Yeah. I don't think that they have a fully fleshed out concrete plan. Um, because I think if they did that, they would have mentioned that more or, or maybe they're just playing chess and I'm playing checkers here. But yeah, I mean, I think the questions are like, what's going to happen when the tour says you can either do this or you can't do that. You know, when is this going to turn in from a series to a full on separate tour? Right. Um, and, and I think the question you asked is, is one that I'm definitely interested in hearing the answer, which is when you say like the health of, of golf, what, what is wrong right now? Like what is the actual problem right. that you are seeking to solve? That would be one I would ask. And here's the other, I would ask him, what are your tactics? What are going to be your tactics, your plan 
and you make that call or you sit down for dinner, a glass of wine with the player to persuade them to come over and play on your tour. You know, like I'm like sure he's the, thinking long and hard about that because that's going to be, that's, that's his number one job. That's his number one job. It that's is. Why I hired him because it is without, Interesting without, stuff. Players, without players, there's no tour. Well, I know you're prepping, man. This is uh, and and uh, when's it going to be released so we can tell what it's going to be on Golf Digest? Yeah, hopefully later today. I would guess later I'm today. Not, not entirely sure. We'll see how it goes. I mean, these things you never know. But hey, and also congratulations on your uh, engagement. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, it was a good one. You, you know, you really can't anticipate. I remember when I asked my wife, I was like. I got the ring and I was going to ask her two days later. And I was like, literally like hyperventilating the first night. And I was like, I have to ask right now because I can't go two more days like this. <laughs> kind of what happened. It was funny. I'll tell you one quick story before I go. We were at dinner the night, we were at dinner the night before with a, a couple who were a friend of ours. And they were saying, oh, we're going to this engagement party tomorrow night. You know, it's a surprise party. The, the woman doesn't know that he's going to propose. They're going to propose and it's going to be this whole party. Mm-hmm. And my then girlfriend kind of looks at me and gives me, and I'm like, I'm, I'm literally proposing tonight, tomorrow. <laughs> just wait 24 hours. <laughs> and I couldn't say anything. So I did a, I'm proud of the poker face I kept. Oh man. I, I would, I would say it's the most nervous I've ever been for sure. There's no question about it. It was tough. It was tough. You, your stomach was pretty light for sure. Yeah. I was like, okay, am I, I know my mouth is moving. Is a voice coming out? Like what is happening right now? I can see her face. Is she happy? Anyway, what did you say? Yes or no? Okay. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those what kind of moments that you see in the movies. Definite, definite wooziness for sure. All right, Daniel Rapport, we appreciate it. Um, good luck with Greg Norman. We'll be, uh, we'll be waiting for that and we'll read it later on, on golf digest today. Thank you for joining us. And we'll be back tomorrow. Looking ahead to Maya Coba on the PGA Tour. Let's take a second to talk about the folks over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation across the golf industry and with golfers everywhere for its combination of value, performance, and customer service. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is flipping the script on golf technology through perimeter-weighted balls made with the high-density particles and proprietary nanotransitional layer offering players enhanced accuracy, control, and distance. Encore recently added the Vero X1 to its suite of award-winning golf balls, one that already included the Golf Digest gold-rated elixir and low-compression Avant 55. Through its full suite of golf balls, Encore can help transform any golfer's game. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more info about Encore and start revolutionizing your game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast.